Hello everybody, how are we doing? Happy Sunday. Welcome back to another episode of Life's Your Bitch. This week, as promised, is how to make Life Your Bitch Week, which if you are new here, is like an open advice, Q&A, anything goes <laughs> kind of episode. I ask you guys for questions, topics, advice, dilemmas over on the Instagram at Life's Your Bitch. So go and follow if you want to be involved in the next one. And I always am asking questions and opinions and polls for each episode and we have the cutest Instagram posts on there like they are adorable thanks to Phoebe who is the illustrator who is essentially behind all of Life's Your Bitch the logo the Instagram the well I guess that's it (laughs) oh the calendar I was like there's something else she designed the calendar as well and yeah that is what the episode is today I'm very excited to be sat down filming. I've got myself a nice iced coffee. In my one remaining physique glass, these are the glasses that everybody asks me about over on my own personal Instagram. They're like bubble rimmed, kind of floral looking from the top ones. Smashed one the other day. Can't believe it, I was absolutely fuming. Anyway, shall we just, no, we won't just get on with it. We will do gratitudes first. Sorry, I feel like I need to take a minute to settle. It's half nine. That's your sign to take a breath. When is the last time hand and heart that you took a deep breath? Probably. Well, I feel like I never know who listens to these episodes. Are we wellness queens? Are we trying? Are we somewhere in between? Somewhere is like, probably never. And then I'm like, actually, if you're listening to these types of podcasts, maybe that is something you're aware of. Are you aware of your breath? I would so recommend everybody to go and try at least one breath class, just one go and do one breath class they are just incredible if you're coming to the the retreat in june we focus a lot on our breath and honestly from when i went on that retreat in january all i think about now is my breathing like i'm so much more conscious of it and i went like five months ago now so it really does stick around anyway anyway what am i grateful for i've got one more rest day than normal this week and i oh my god could not be more grateful Three rest days feels like such a treat. I'm undecided if today is gonna be my first rest day. It's Wednesday. I'm kind of thinking, let's go to the gym today again and then have two days off. And then we have one big run left of the week and that's it and then we can have Sunday off. I'm kind of thinking that's the way to do it. Two days off before my hour and 45 minute run. It should be about 15K-ish, hopefully. I was gonna say, don't even ask me about it. I'm so nervous. I'm actually not. I'm actually not. I actually love these longer runs. I mean, I've only done 10 and 12K so far and I feel like 15 is probably gonna feel quite a lot different. My 12K took me an hour and 25, so it's an extra 20 minutes, but I don't know. I just like them. Like I, I understand now, I get it. Like before I was like, so many people are like, oh my God, I'd rather run a 10K than a 5K. I'm like, are you joking? And now I'm like, oh, same, I understand that. Because a 10K, the first 5K is a bit like, oh, can't quite get into it. Like you're, th- you're really thinking about your running. Then the next five is so much fun. The bangers come on. You get to eat your sweets. It's wonderful. Whereas a 5K is just that first 5K of like, oh, like you never get the time to like for it to get better. Anyway, you didn't, literally didn't ask. What else am I grateful for? Oh my God, yesterday, this is a nice niche one actually. So I've got two big windows in front of me here when I film like to the side on my on the back wall of my flat then they're huge I take up like the whole wall and I always say to my friend I never get sun in my flat because she lives in this building literally across from me 
And I was like, I really want disco balls in my flat, but like, I don't get any sun. So I feel like I'll be quite stupid because there's no light shining anywhere. She was like, you don't get any sun in your flat. And I was like, no, not as in like, you know, like a patch of sunlight. I was like, obviously my my flat is light and it's like warm, but I don't get any like places where the sun hits. Yesterday, this whole back wall, if you're watching, this whole wall was like imprinted with my window like shadows and it was gorgeous it went from like beaming yellow sunlight to like really hazy orange sunset to pink oh my god it was gorgeous actually also i'm so grateful i had the best night's sleep ever yesterday at the end of the day yesterday at the end of the work day my work day was quite short but i got a lot done and i went on my run at like 3 p.m and then at five ish like by the time I came back, had some grapes, showered, whatnot, got myself outside. I sat outside at like, that's not true, it was like half four. It wasn't actually, I'm really lying to you guys. It was like quarter past four now that I'm remembering. I was back in the flat for quarter past five and I just sat on the benches outside in the sun and I journaled and I just like sat for a minute and really thought about some things that I've been thinking about recently and like, I haven't journaled properly in a while now. I kind of journal as and when I feel like I want to, like in terms of like a bigger journal dump page. I just kind of do it as and when I feel like I want to. I don't force it because then I feel like it becomes a chore, whereas it should be like a releasing happy, not even necessarily happy, just like a releasing thing that you should enjoy. So I feel like the moment you force it, completely defeats the point anyway I was like yeah I'd love to go outside and journal about this and sit down and I did and then by the time I came back up I felt like I'd really kind of switched off from work I made dinner sat on my iPad did some fun creative stuff watched a really nice film and I feel like I actually like watched it because I was just doing stuff on my iPad I feel like I actually it's the film I probably watched the most in a while and then I was like okay what do I do now then I cleaned my makeup brushes and I was like half eight and I was like I'm just gonna go and get in bed made my sleepy tea that I drank for the first time, did three Sudokus, I think, and slept like a, I was gonna say like a bug. What was that saying? Slept like a, slept like a baby, <laughs> Jesus. Which is quite funny, because our baby's literally notorious for like not sleeping. Like babies literally don't sleep that well, do they? Or maybe it's because they sleep a lot, like they sleep all day, like babies have loads of naps. Anyway. That is everything I am grateful for at the moment. Well, it's not, but there's my there's my three. Obviously, you know, I'm grateful for more than just sleep and, sleep and sun. Although, that sounds like a pretty good life to me. So I have got, I think I picked 10. And obviously I've read them because I picked them and I, oh, my iPad has all the gorge pictures of the window I was talking about on my wall. It's so cute. So I've got around 10. Some of them are anonymous, kind of more dilemma. Some of them are more topics. Some of them are more questions. So let's start, where should we start? Where should we start? Let's just start at the beginning. So like I said, I've read these, but I haven't really thought about it. If you've listened to one of these episodes before, the idea is I kind of just say what, what rolls off the tongue. Like what's my immediate kind of reaction? What would I do in said situation? How to ask for help and be open to receiving it. Usually awful at letting people in and sometimes too comfortable doing things by myself and struggling when it's time to seek something more professional. I feel like this is almost, this is a combination of a few things. I feel like I have done a whole episode on hyper-independence. If not, I definitely should. But I'm pretty sure I have, because this is something that 
I would say I struggle with a lot. And there's almost two different parts to this, right? Letting people in, friends, family, seeking closer help, being able to be vulnerable with your friends and your family. And then you mentioned seeking something more professional. So I'm going to give you both of these because then it applies to everybody listening because you've said seeking something more professional. So hopefully you are in a position where you're talking to your friends and family. But I know even I, a few months ago, was... I feel like I'm a different person to who I was in January. I would not have dreamed of ever... I'm still... Sorry, friends, if you're listening. I am still getting there with my friends. Just, like, messaging a friend and being like, hey, I'm feeling this way. (laughs) And, like, seeing if they're in a place where they're able to help me. But I'm way better with... Well, probably just my boyfriend. And and my family, to be fair. I called up my mum the other day and I... I'm I'm getting there. All right, I'm getting better. But I think the thing is, and this is something me and my therapist spoke about a lot, is starting with people that you're comfortable you know don't run before you can walk just start with one person one person who you feel like might be able to I feel like I started by like saying things in drips and drabs like if my friend mentioned something that maybe I could relate to or I was feeling that same way I'd kind of maybe I'd first of all maybe I'd I'm not gonna lie I'd make a joke about it and I'd be like haha yeah same and make maybe a bit of a, a dark humor joke And then they'd be like, oh yeah, whatever. And then sometimes it would lead to a conversation. Sometimes it would kind of just be enough. But then in my head, I'm like, okay, well, at least they kind of know that I may be feeling that way or that I relate to that. So maybe one day when we come back to it, I've already almost broken the ice. Um, And that's something that is really silly, but really helped me. I just kind of started dropping things into conversation if I wasn't doing that well, I'd kind of maybe joke about it or I'd say and just kind of put it out there, fill the air, see if they were in a place where they wanted to ask me back because sometimes, you know, people aren't always in a place to give you really great advice because maybe they're not feeling their best and that is absolutely fine. And I think that's some of the reason that I am wary because I don't want to be a burden to someone. And you're not of your side, you're not a burden, but I just mean that Sometimes people don't have them. I know there's been times where people have asked me for advice and I, I'm i someone that will always give it, but it's probably not been my best advice because if I'm not in the mental headspace where I feel like I can give it, I'm probably gonna, yeah, not give you great advice or find a way around it or point you in the direction of someone else. So try drips and drabs. Try the people that you feel safest with first. Don't take two steps, just take one. Try your boyfriend, try your mum, try your best friend. Don't spill all the beans at once. Just say, hey, I've actually had a bit of a rubbish day, actually. Oh, why? Don't really want to talk about it. I'm just kind of letting you know, wondering if we can go and do something fun. Because that is something, that step there, that is something that I would never do. I would not want people to even necessarily know I've had a bad day because don't ask questions about it. But you can actually say, hey, I've had a really bad day. I'm not really sure I'm up to talking about it. I just wanted to let you know so that maybe we could go and do something fun or maybe we could FaceTime and just talk about life and tell me about your day and tell me about that date you were on last week and tell me how work was and whatever like can we talk about you but I'm just letting you know that I'm in a bad mood because I'd like someone to be there for me right now I feel like that's a really good step and the annoying thing is again something I say all the time something me and my therapist were talking about 
there is no magic wand practice makes perfect the moment you let the person in closest to you even 20 percent and then they go 30% and then before you know it, they're at 50% and then maybe you can start introducing someone else in. You will just unfortunately get better at it and you have to prove to yourself that, you have to prove your thoughts wrong, essentially. The human brain is already wired, we have to prove it wrong. So the moment you start doing that and you show yourself that it's safe, your brain will kind of begin to trust those situations easier. Um, so yeah, unfortunately practice makes perfect, but in terms of something more professional, it's almost like what I talked about at the end of last week's episode, like how do I know when to seek something more professional? It's almost like, if you didn't listen to the episode, it's the idea of that a worse situation is sometimes better because you take action on it. So you'd almost, in this situation, obviously you would not like hand on heart, you would not want to be more upset, but you're like, how do I know when? It's almost like you're waiting for that worst thing so you can act on it. But that's not what therapy is either. Like it's also preventative sometimes. You don't have to go when things are really bad. You can go before that and learn how to not let them get there. How to stop yourself almost in the path. So if you're even considering, I say this all the time about absolutely anything in life. If you're considering it, it's probably time to do it. Otherwise you would not even be thinking about it. And to me, that goes for anything. Leaving a job, leaving a friend, leaving a boyfriend, getting therapy, moving out. If you weren't thinking about it, the the universe wouldn't put it in your brain if it wasn't the right time, I think. Okay. Would love some advice, help on how to eat better and stick to it, thanks. Number one. We eat better because it fuels our body. We eat better so our hair grows, so our nails grow, so our skin glows, so we have a good immune system, digestive system, so that everything in our body works perfectly. We eat well to complement and help ourselves, to fuel ourselves, because we love a green plate, we love a colorful plate, we know vegetables are good for us, we love fruits. We have to reframe why we're doing it. If you're asking me this because like, you wanna eat better because you wanna lose weight, I'm not talking to you, I'm joking. I actually don't think there is a problem with wanting to lose weight. I just think when you do it for that reason, I just think it's instantly harder. I actually think there's a big, almost like gray cloud over wanting to lose weight these days. And I actually don't think there's a problem with wanting to lose weight. I just think, in my case anyway, if I'm, if I'm eating healthier because I want to lose weight, I instantly want to eat four chocolate bars because I almost know that I quote unquote shouldn't. Whereas if I'm eating better to fuel myself and eat enough carbs for my runs and eat enough protein for my muscles and eat enough fruit and veg for my skin and my hair, then I'm like, okay, how many vegetables do I have in this meal? How many grams of carbs do I have in this meal? Or maybe I should chuck in some extra pasta. Oh, I've only got one vegetable. Maybe I should chuck in some frozen spinach. Like, if I'm doing it for that, for those benefits, it's like a fun little game and task and challenge. Whereas if I'm doing it for aesthetics or something, yeah, I instantly, it's so funny, like my mindset instantly changes. Like even though I know all of those foods are good for me, I'm like, oh, I've got however many calories left, I'm gonna eat four chocolate bars because they fit into it. Whereas I probably wouldn't do that if I'm eating for fuel. So I think instantly, let's change our mindset on it. And I think it's just like that, like if you're looking at your meal, 
We'd love some advice on how to eat better and stick to it. How to, I think you need to look at your meals and go, how many vegetables are in here? Do I have, something I'm really trying to work on at the moment is healthy fats. I like that if I'm tracking. I don't really track these days anymore. I will just sometimes track my carbs and my protein, like I said, purely just for training reasons. I need to make sure I'm eating enough carbs when I'm fucking running for two hours and lifting weights and all of this. I need to make sure I am eating enough of certain things. But I would look at my fat that I have left and go, oh my God, yeah, I'm going to load 20 grams of Biscoff onto my yogurt bowl or something, which I still do. Do not get me wrong. You all know I still do that. I feel like I definitely sidetracked there, didn't I? But it's because I was talking about healthy fats. Look at your meal and do say, say to yourself, do I have enough veggies here? Do I have more cheese than vegetables on my plate or my pasta? If so, literally chuck in some frozen spinach. Cook with, start every meal with onion and peppers. I don't really know if onion counts as a vegetable. Like, I don't know the nutritional benefits of an onion, but like start every meal with onion, peppers, maybe even like finely chopped carrots, like throw in some frozen spinach, throw in some peas, try loads of different types of vegetables, even if they're just frozen, chuck fruit on top of your porridge, frozen fruit, just have a look at your general day to day and be like, okay, where could I, where am I lacking? And why is it? Because I think... Yeah, I I honestly just think your mindset towards the food you're eating like is the only thing you need to kind of fix to eat well and stick to it. Because once you change the reason why you want to eat well, you've got it. You crack the code. And then how, I think it's quite simple. Make sure that you're, just look at your plate. Does it look nice and balanced? Do you have a lot of veggies on there? Do you need to get some fruits in for a snack? Do you need to get some chocolate in because you're craving it? Like, just listen to your body. If you're hungry, eat more. Use bloody oil because healthy fats are good for you. We need it for our menstrual cycles. Don't be scared of food. See it as fuel and just load up. Honestly, I literally would probably say I'd add one more vegetable in to every meal than like it maybe needs. I just load them in. I love it. And then I know it's good for me. And hopefully one day I'll have um, glowing, shining skin and hair. Okay, we've got a bit of a dilemma. My boyfriend and I have known each other since October and started dating in February. He doesn't want to introduce me to his parents yet. It's a back and forth argument. I think that's a red flag. Personally, I get... She didn't say that, I did. Personally, I get validation when I meet parents as it feels like a serious relationship. He said he's not ready, which is fine with me, but he said that since February. What what are we in? So October, September, no, what the fuck, Megan? October, <laughs> November, December, January, February. So that's four months, March, April. We're coming on six months, okay. I've been to his house multiple times when, and they always aren't there and I feel like an intruder and I feel really rude when I go there. He's set on not telling them yet. Do I break it off and wait? Do I break it off or wait wait it out? I feel like I'm not important to him as he hasn't mentioned me, you know? Okay, I think that's weird as fuck. I'm not gonna lie. I think to not mention someone to your parents is weird. It's one thing to be like, no, you God, you can't meet them yet. Like, relax. Or like for me and my boyfriend at the time, to be fair, we, he ended up, we ended up meeting parents at a similar-ish time, but my parents were five hours away from us. So it was like, you'll kind of just like meet them when you meet them. You know, they're not gonna travel all the way up to Leeds to necessarily meet you. And when you eventually come 
home with me in Christmas or summer or whenever it's going to be, you'll meet them then. But I, I actually met his before we even became official. Like he wanted me, he probably wanted his parents to meet me more than he wanted me to meet his, his parents. You know what I mean? He's like, I want my parents to meet you. Um, I think that's weird as fuck. I'm not going to lie. I think not telling your parents about someone, I feel like it definitely depends. Maybe, oh God, sorry. That was a lot of notifications at once. How old are you? But I'm going to assume you're 20 from 18 to 22. I don't, I don't think you're any younger than 18. Any younger than 18, like maybe fair, like it's a bit silly. It's not that serious. Like it is, people are still in serious relationships, like 17, 18, of course. But it feels more of a normal thing to do then to like not tell your parents and like all go around the parents' house and like they're not there and it's really like silly and goofy and like you're misbehaving. But I think as soon as you go over that like 18, 19, 20 mark, I don't want to be sneaking around your parents' house when they're not here. I think it's because you kind of don't have a need to do that. Like in my case anyway, like I have my uni house, you have your uni house. Why I don't need to go to your parents' house and like sneak around while they're not there. Like that's a bit, it's a bit immature almost. And I think if he wants to do that, I just think that says a lot about him. I personally wouldn't have that. But I'm starting to realise I think I might be a bit more cutthroat than is maybe normal. <laughs> I just... Show me off. You should want... I love meeting parents. I love meeting friends' parents. I love meeting boyfriends' parents. I love that shit. Like, I think I hold a great conversation with parents. And parents always seem to quite like me. <laughs> and like you said, it feels a bit more serious. Like, even when I get to... Like when the girls' mums would come around, we'd be like, oh my God, hi. Cause like we'd never have like mums in our house. And it was just, I just think me like going to two friends, like family barbecue and there's family, friends, parents there and everything. Like it just feels a bit more grown up, doesn't it? Like it's just fun. And they're not, especially when we're getting onto this age, like they're not scary anymore, really. Not that we're like the same age as them, but do you know what I mean? They're not, you can hold a normal conversation with them. You've got more to talk about. Maybe you're in a job as well. Like there's just, I feel like there's more of a middle ground when you're no longer like 16, 17. Like when you're 20 plus, you can hold a decent conversation with a parent. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm really going into this. Anyway, I absolutely would not have that. I think that says a lot, it speaks volumes about him and his views on your relationship. And maybe it's not, Maybe he has a difficult relationship with his parents or whatever, but I feel like you would know that if that was the case, like he would tell you that to comfort you. So I personally would sit him down and be like, no, seriously, like, why is this? Because I actually think it's a bit weird. Um, it's one thing being like, not making it a formal thing and like inviting you to dinner and if he lived far away, like that's a whole different thing, but not even mentioning you to his parents, I think is just strange. So maybe ask him, is there a reason why? Do they not want you to have a girlfriend? Do they not, what is it? Is there a valid reason? If not, do it now or I'm off, I'm off skis. All my friends are going to uni this year and I've decided not to. I'm really worried about this following year and if I do not go next year, will it be weird that I'm older than everybody else? No, you'll be older by one year, as you said, and that is so unbelievably normal. My second year house, there was seven of us. I think four of them, were technically 
a year older than you would be in uni and three of us were like technically the normal uni age if you will and it was just so standard we had one girl in our halls in first year who was two years older one of my really good friends in my course was three years older like that is literally not an issue at all not everybody at uni is especially in second year I feel like in first year all of the people that were a year old like wow you can really tell like you guys are 18 for the first time Ah." and then in second year you all feel like the same age someone could literally be 25 and you can be 19 and I feel like at that stage you all feel like that you're the same age but my friends always said in first year they could like kind of really feel it because I was just way more excited than they were um but it's really not that much of a big deal I'm really worried about this following year why I feel like maybe some contactors need for some advice there but enjoy it I was saying this to my boyfriend the other day like we were talking about jobs and people going for jobs and him saying he didn't have a proper job and I was like yes you absolutely do have a proper job um and we were just talking about progression of jobs and whatnot I was like we're 21 20 he's 22 we're 22 why do we feel like we need to have it all figured out why do we feel like we need the job the career the career that we can see the most progression in like this is our first fucking job like this is your first year out of school you don't need this shit figured out go and get a part-time job in tesco and save up and go on solo city breaks or solo trips or solo whatever go and join like girls who travel for example save up and go on trips with like a group of girls go and join normal group trips go and do like you've got a whole year to do literally whatever you want with it with not really much expectation from yourself I'm not saying you know maybe you can't live at home you've got to go pay bills you've got I'm not saying you have absolutely no responsibilities but it's the time in your life you're probably going to have the least responsibilities you don't even have you don't have uni deadlines exams school coursework you've just got a year you could literally save up for six months in Tesco and then go and join a group trip around Australia for the for the next six months. What is there to be worried about? The world is quite literally your oyster. And yeah, that might be really, really scary. And that's completely out of your comfort zone. But is that not so exciting? Like a whole year that you can literally do <clears throat> whatever with? I would definitely not get a corporate job in that year. I would definitely go and just get like, a part-time full-time job at tesco asda audi the post office literally wherever it will take you jd maybe not jd retail i don't know if you have any friends that have worked in jd apparently it's literally the worst place to work in the whole entire world <clears throat> but something a bit more mind-numbing something a bit more just like doesn't require so much effort and concentration and you can almost kind of switch off when you're there and just stack shelves like I used to love working on Waitrose when I'd go in and it was just like oh my shift is just stacking shelves for four hours because I didn't have to chat to anyone I didn't really have to do anything I literally just had to go and get a crate stack it yeah it was a bit boring at sometimes but sometimes that's what I needed on a Friday after a week of sixth form like I just got to stack shelves for a few hours be finished by nine go and meet my friends it was great you know I didn't have to go because I used to then I started tutoring after that and that that you had to be switched on for you had a bad day at like I did it after sixth form had a really intense day at sixth form or something like had exam prep had loads of coursework whatever it was had spent all day working and then to turn up to tutor and switch it on and try and teach three to it was actually four four to 14 year olds maths and English like 
that was, do you know what I mean? There's a very clear difference there in those two jobs. I would personally pick something like the first one and just enjoy it. If you're worried you're not gonna have any friends, show how many people there are in this world that feel like they have no friends, go and find them. Go and make friends. I feel like since I've come to Manchester, I do definitely have an upper hand because you know, I have somewhat of a following. So some people do message me and say, I'm in Manchester, well, to be fair, that's how I've made most of my friends, I'm not gonna lie. It's like, hi, I'm in Manchester. Do you wanna go for a coffee? And I've been like, yeah, absolutely. But then I've met friends through the events that I've held and screaming at them through a window on New Year's Eve and then friends of friends and then friends of friends, flatmates. Like there's always people looking for pals. So go and like I said, get a job, join some clubs, go to solo events. You're gonna have the best year ever and you're gonna finish it a different person. Okay, we've got another big dilemma and it's, I'm dyslexic so, bear with advice on only falling for f boys i'm gonna turn this question almost into my own question at the end like i'm gonna add one on so that any of you can relate slept with my ex after four years and now my head is beyond fucked <laughs> it makes it worse that when i met him the other night we had the best time and still got on so well spent all night laughing and it's just not like that with anybody else but he's a complete fuck boy and I know he's talking to so many girls, but I can't help myself. The whole situation is making me feel so shit about myself because I know I deserve so much better. I'm doing a slam poetry clicking to that because absolutely, yes, you do. <laughs> but the fact he's a dickhead is making me like him even more. We'll get to that in a minute. I don't know how to sort myself out and stop sitting around and waiting for the message that never comes unless he's high. I know way too many girls like this and I'm, it is truly the worst and I'm really sorry. I know the bar is literally on the floor right now, but how the fuck do I get out of this mindset and start focusing on myself again? Please help, XOXO, Gossip Girl. <laughs> okay, there's a lot to unpack there, isn't there? But let's go to this. I know I deserve so much better, but the fact he's a dickhead is making me like him even more. Is that because you know he's talking to all these girls and whatnot, but like, he's also still talking to you and like, you're one of them. And every time he texts you or sleeps with you or sees you, he's almost picking you out of a plethora. So it makes you feel better. Is it because you're used to that kind of behavior in the past? Do you truly, truly know you deserve better? Or do you deep down think that kind of like, this is as good as it gets for you? Because I've had friends be like, I know he's a dickhead, but like, kind of thought, yeah, this is as good as, as good as it gets for me. Like, this is just the type of guys that I get, which just, oh, makes my heart drop because it's so, so untrue. So I think you need to figure that out first. Like, why is it that him being a dickhead makes you like him even more? Because that is a whole, that's a whole trauma response in itself, if we're, if we're being blatantly obvious blatantly harsh even so i think you need to figure that out is it because my my guess would be because it's almost like you you're put on a pedestal when you're chosen so when you are chosen it's like even more of a boost of ego and validation than someone else picking you because he's picking you from a list of eight i don't know how to sort myself out and stop sitting around waiting for a message i know the bar is literally on the floor is what i wanted to talk about because I am known as the friend who is like, as he should. My friends, which is a bit harsh and I do need to stop because I still do love when Carter like brings me flowers, for example. 
But my friends will be like, oh my God, he bought me flowers. Like, oh my God. And like seriously freak out. And I'm like, yeah, as he should. <laughs> and I think it's probably because my dad has bought me a rose every single Valentine's Day that I have been alive. My brothers, my brother, Matt, is very good at, if he's coming home for the weekend and I'm there, he'll buy me and mum flowers. My older brother came with flowers this weekend when he stayed, like, I've watched them do that for their girlfriends before. I've watched my dad do it for my mum. And I'm just like, yeah, as he should. Flowers are gorgeous. And they're my favourite thing in the world, but they are also the bare minimum. I had a friend the other day be like, hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast. She's going to be like, why did you out me? She was like, oh my God, he sent me, <laughs> oh my God, he sent me a picture of strawberries because like he knows I love strawberries and that I bring strawberries into work. And I'm like, yeah, that is really cute. But the reaction, and she knows this, I did say this to her face, but the reaction she had, I was like, okay, it's not that cute. Like everything else he's done doesn't now go away because he sent you a picture of strawberries because he knows you like strawberries with the caption, like thought you'd appreciate this. So I think the way we get over this is we show ourselves more than the bare minimum. So you love flowers. If you would be over the moon, like drop to the floor, drop to your knees, not in that way. If a boy bought you flowers, go and buy yourself flowers every single week. So that when he brings flowers, you've already got flowers in your flat, in your bedroom, in your house, because will you do that? So you're no longer, you're like, oh my God, well, thanks. That's really sweet. I'll see if I've got another vase for them. But you're not like, oh my God, because you have flowers every week. I feel like that's like me now. Like I adore having flowers. So when when my boyfriend brings me flowers now, I'm like, ah, oh, it's because you know, like I just love having flowers. It's not the act of you buying me flowers that I'm like besotted by. It's you being like, oh, I see these, they're really cute. You know, I love you. I know you love having flowers. I'm like, ah, oh, yay, flowers. I'm not like, oh my God, this means that he wants to marry me. Um, so I think because I started, you know, showing that to myself. So I think the thing is with the bar being on the floor, it's obviously because you've never experienced a higher bar. So you need to one, start giving that to yourself. You love brunch. You want someone to take you out for brunch. You fucking take yourself out for brunch. That was harsh, but it's true. You love musicals. You want to go see a musical so bad? Go and see one. I went and watched a musical by myself the other day. You want to see a play so bad? Go and watch one. You want to be a wined and dined? Go by yourself. A bottle of rosé, cook your favourite dinner, light some candles and sit and eat it. Cook it for yourself. Sprinkle it with love. Go and put a fresh pair of pyjamas on. You want matching pyjamas with someone? Do it with your bestie. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many ways to raise the bar in your... I think it's about raising the bar in your everyday life. So that when someone comes in and is offering you that... I always come back to this. It's about filling your glass first. So that when someone comes with a little cup of water, you're like, oh, thanks, I don't need one. But if you've got some Coke, <laughs> no, Jesus, like, <laughs> like Coca-Cola, I'd love a glass. If you've got a glass of Pepsi Max, yeah, because they're enhancing you, you know? You've already got your water, you've already got your bare min, you've already, you're already happy. But if they're going to come along and offer you a glass of Pepsi Max or a glass of rosé, absolutely come and sit next to me and we'll enjoy it together. But you can't take my water away from me because that's mine um that was such a stupid fucking analogy sometimes i sit and film these podcasts and i like feel like i just go a bit mental but it's all about yeah just showing up for yourself phoebe the 
girl illustrator that I was talking about at the beginning messaged me the other day and was like, oh, I loved this. I think I said something like, love yourself enough to like get up and show up for yourself, which is what it's all about at the end of the day. You have to value yourself enough to get up and go to the gym today. So for example, I can have two rest days because I value my rest days and I value my longer run and I love myself and I want myself to have two in a row because that will be so fun. She just lays around, have fresh hair for two days so I can go out to a cafe so I can take some pictures, make some cute TikToks, get ready, not have to slick my hair back for two days straight. Like just valuing and loving yourself enough to show up for yourself. This has nothing to do with an F boy, but it also does because it's all about raising the bar. How the fuck do I get out of this mindset and start focusing on myself again? Yeah, question answered. Fill up your glass fill up your glass you can let your best friends help you fill up your glass in the meantime as well but i've seen this quote that i keep talking about if you're happy never be happy for a reason because if you're happy for a reason that reason can be taken away from you and i feel like that goes with the filling up the glass never let someone else fill up your glass too much because then they can just take it back with them and obviously you have to enrich your life with friends family lovers partners whatever but also at the end of the day I am a firm believer and maybe it is my hyper independence but I do believe this full stop no matter how hyper independent I'll ever be or ever not get ever not be your glass your happiness needs to solely rely on you because if it doesn't it can go you're the only thing that you've got every single day every single minute every single second for the rest of your life. The sun is gonna go. Your sleep, it will differ. Your best friends, they will change. They will be busy. Your boyfriend might break up with you. You might break up with them. Your family might not be able to answer the phone. You need to be the reason that you are happy. You need to be the reason that you are smiling every single day. Your daily routine, your habits, the way you speak to yourself, the way you treat yourself is the absolute foundation of everything else that will ever go on in your life every other success that you're ever going to encounter will be because of that strong foundation and that full glass that you provide for yourself don't be happy for a reason because if you're happy for a reason that reason can be taken away from you just like this f boy so it's all about treating yourself like someone you love my sister and now sister-in-law sent me that when i broke up with my first boyfriend and it was my lock screen for ages and i was like wow yeah treat yourself like someone you love it just made so much sense to me at the time and now it's so obvious and I it's something that I do every day and talk about all the time but at the time when I first heard it when I was like freshly 18 I was like wow yeah treat yourself like someone you love if my friend was going through a breakup right now I'd go and buy her some ice cream and a card and write her a nice message I'm gonna do that or You know, if I still had a boyfriend right now, I might take him out and treat him to brunch or go around his house and give him a cuddle. Like, I'm going to go and do that for me. Just, I remember it absolutely mind-blowing me when I first seen it. Okay, I need to hurry up now. How to stop feeling guilty on rest days, which is quite, um, what's the word? Relevant, because I keep talking about rest days, rest days. So I'm going to give you two answers here. One is a bit more tough love masculine energy and one is more feminine so let's start with the feminine you need rest days like i'm saying i'm absolutely buzzing to have another rest day like you need them your progress is your days in the gym 
may as well you may as well not go if you're not gonna have a rest day if you're not gonna give your time body to repair build the muscles rest you may as well not really go obviously there's mental benefits and whatnot but in terms of even that though because you burn yourself out mentally like you get mentally physically exhausted and mind body connection that is going to have an effect on absolutely everything if you're physically exhausted your mental is going to go down the drain and if you're physically exhausted from working out every day your mental is going to have an impact so i think we just need to remember that we need them and that is that's that's my best advice for that other than the masculine approach which i feel like i always have quite a feminine la um what you know the tiktok trend it's like okay 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 la 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 um i was like okay okay girl with my friends la 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 girl with my boyfriend and my boyfriend would very much have this approach to rest days i have found when it comes to rest days in terms of any rest in terms of the gym evenings after work weekends slow mornings anything i feel guilty and bad about having them if i feel like i don't deserve them now listen i don't mean don't deserve them because i don't mean i'm gonna work really really hard all week and then i feel like i don't deserve a rest day i'm talking about when i know full well my gym session yesterday i did not put 110 percent into I lazed about it. I didn't feel good after it. I know I didn't give it my 100%. Never mind 110. I didn't even try my best. Then I'm kind of having a rest day thinking, you don't, you don't need this. Like my rest days at the moment feel, oh my God, I value every single last waking second of them. Whereas a few weeks ago when I was having rest days, they were kind of just rolling one into the other and I wasn't appreciating them. and I didn't feel like I was having them at all. And it's because I wasn't putting in everything to my workouts. I wasn't making them a priority. I was just kind of cruising through them, which is also fine. And I feel like this is going to be controversial, but this is my approach. I, for example, can't relax in an evening and feel guilty about relaxing in an evening if I know for a while I haven't given my work day my best, my best shot. And this isn't about giving your best shot all week and then not feeling like you deserve it. That's a different thing. I feel guilty for taking time off when I know I haven't been trying my best recently and I have the capacity to try my best. I feel like that's a good thing to preface because sometimes you can't give your your best because there's something else going on. You've got personal issues going on. You've got a thing pulling you down mentally in the back of your head. You still deserve rest days then. It's when you know full well you can be given your, your all and you're not because essentially you're just being lazy. And this is something I'm working on that you guys I've spoke about before. Being able to have real self-discipline, being able to be like, okay, no, there is something in my way this week. So I'm going to try my best, whatever that is. And then I still deserve rest. Whereas sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm trying my best, but I know full well I'm fucking not. I know I've got more in the tank. I am just being lazy. And then I feel like I struggle with rest days. So next week, Try just three days in the gym, maybe, and give it your all. Give it your all. Like, try super hard. Um, or at least just make them a highlight in your day. Like, you know when you're going to do them. Go and do them at that time. Go and do one extra rep of everything, maybe. Just, like, push that a little bit more. And then see how you feel on your rest days. Is it because you feel like you're not giving it your all? And you feel a bit guilty because you feel like you're not getting up and doing yourself 
justice because that's normally what happens with me but sometimes I also yeah feel guilty resting so I'm like there's always more to do and then I have to remind myself yes but you've done your best for today so leave it moving on because I feel like I'm going to repeat myself do I take a pay cut for the job that I love the sound of or keep looking and find better so you're in a job there's a job on indeed that you think oh my god that sounds so fun but it's 3k less than your job right now so do you go and take it or do you keep searching can we do both can we apply for the job have the interviews whatnot see if we get the job and then by the time we've got the job have we found better if not we take it and keep searching anyway and maybe in time three months probation time we've actually found another job and whatnot i do think life's too short not to jump at things i think if you love the sound of it and you can afford the pay cut you can still pay your rent it's still enough money or you've got money saved from your other job so you've got like if you can afford it i don't know why i over explain things like that we all know what if you can afford it means if you can afford the pay cut i think you have to give it a go you have to apply you have to go to the interviews because then you never know you might go to the interviews and actually you don't like it and you don't like the company it all sounds a bit weird and you would have never known that so you have to give it a go and if you get to the point where I just think there is also more to life than money. I'd rather wake up and love my job every day than have disposable income. So if you can afford it, enough is plenty. I think you should go for it. I'm always going to say happiness and enjoyment and fulfillment over an extra few hundred pound a month if we can afford it. So I say go for it, do the interviews, follow through, see if you get the job. If you get the job, offer have we found anything else in the meantime because that's probably gonna take a couple weeks have we found anything else if not go for it and if something else comes back something else better comes up you can always jump ship also you can ask in the interview process if there is room for negotiation if there's room for a pay rise in the future if there's room for what's the word progression within job roles just got broken up with after two years but still gonna have to live together help lol so this also happened to one of my friends recently I'm going to give you some practical tips. We need to, first of all, I don't know why or what your living situation is, but say you're in a flat or something, or maybe you're in a uni house, so you literally can't get out. But if you are in like a normal post-uni flat living situation, if you and your boyfriend are able to fill the flat, even if it's before your tenancy, normally you can leave. So I would definitely check if there's any loopholes and I would just explain to your landlord the situation and say, if we fill it, can we go? Also, my parents have said to me before, but I'm not going to say this on a podcast for absolutely everyone to listen to. You can get up and leave a kind of tenancy contract whenever you want. You don't, they can't legally actually keep you in it. You can hand in the keys and move out and whatnot. And apparently, don't take my word for it, there's not much they can do but anyway address the living situation see if there is any loopholes if not we need to you need a clear date on kind of moving out so my friend got a bit screwed over because the guy was supposed to be staying in the flat they're in a one bed and she was supposed to be moving on and then he decided i'm not moving on and actually i'm moving out next week so you need to be out before the next month's rent comes out but that was in like four days and he'd sorted himself out and she hadn't she was like well i can't move on you need to pay an extra month and he was like i'm not fucking doing that and rah, rah, rah. and very unhelpful you need to both decide 
how many more months are we paying this for? Is our tenancy up in June? Okay, we both need to be out by June 1st. And if one of us, if one of you isn't, what are you going to do? Can they move home? Can they move in with a friend? Are you both going to keep paying rent month by month? Is there enough notice so that if they can't, that's their responsibility? I know you probably don't want to talk to each other, but you need to decide what is happening. Also, I think you need to decide little things like, okay, we're doing our own food shops. We're cooking our own food. I'm doing my own washing. You're doing your own washing. Again, I don't know your living situation, but with my friend, one of them slept on the sofa, one of them slept in the bed. You might have a two bed, luckily. Maybe you can do that. If you're in a uni living situation, can you go and bunk with your friend for a few nights a week? Can they go sleep on the sofa? You can't be sleeping in the same bed, I don't think. I think you really do need to find a way around that. Can you just get a blow-up and put it on the floor so you're in the same room, but at least you're not in the same bed or something? Um, And a lot of it is just going to come down to staying civil and getting on with it. It's going to be sticky. You're going to see that he's changed his lock screen and you haven't, and you're going to... I think you just need some clear boundaries. Obviously, do not bring anyone back to this flat do not just do things don't do things in front of me you know don't facetime a girl in the flat or in the room or something you just need clear boundaries on what's going to make each other feel comfortable and uncomfortable and just at the core of it remember that once upon a time this is someone that you cared deeply for and you are someone that they cared deeply for and just try your absolute best to not let it go bitter and hopefully It doesn't have to, but I do think literally one of the only ways you're going to get around this is communication. Okay, I think we're going to end on this. How to start a wellness journey, struggling so much and always bringing myself down. I think this is so funny because wellness is bloody everywhere at the moment. The word, the trends, what it means, what it doesn't mean, what a wellness journey is, what it looks like, what it doesn't look like. At the end of the day, a wellness journey is about you making your life better in whatever way that looks like for you. So if that's making sure you eat breakfast today, great. If that means, I was in a yoga class the other day and this girl was doing it completely blindfolded so that she was very, I'd never in my life have seen this. I've literally been to yoga classes, not to flex, pretty much all over the world at this point. That's not true. Like three, four other countries. That's still quite a lot. You know, I've been to some amazing retreats some incredible yoga places. Never in my life I've ever seen someone do a, a yoga class blindfolded. I was mesmerised. So that she could really listen and be in the moment and really had to listen to what she, he was saying and not look at anybody else. She also meant that she didn't have to care about anyone judging her. You know, that's where she was in her quote-unquote wellness journey, if you will, on her bettering herself journey. If for you, that just means waking up before 10am 10, 10 today. Great. Who is going to sit here and tell you what wellness is and what wellness looks like? And the main thing of it all is to do absolutely everything with no judgment. If your goal is to eat breakfast today, you didn't get around to it today, or you forgot to buy it in your weekly shop because you're not used to it, fine. Maybe you can buy a croissant on your way to work. You were supposed to get up before 10am, it's half 10, still an improvement. You were supposed to do the yoga class blindfolded and you gave up halfway through, you still gave you your best shot. You journaled once this week, fine. You try. You wrote a journal title and nothing came out, fine. Whatever it looks like for you, the main thing with it all is that you're not judging whatever that is. And honestly, the moment you can drop that is the moment it will all make so much more sense. And the moment that you'll actually be able to progress because every time you beat yourself up, you're literally taking a step backwards. 
But every time you write a journal title and don't get to fill it in, you're still taking a step forward. Just don't then go to bed going, fuck's sake, I'm so stupid, I don't even know how to journal. Because then you're back where you started. Write the title, close the book, try and answer it tomorrow. Do not judge yourself. Do not compare your journey, your position within that journey to anybody else because I can't tell you how pointless it is. I really can't. It's literally going to get you absolutely fucking nowhere. You can look to someone like me, someone like all the girlies on TikTok, your friends, people in the gym, blindfolded girl in the yoga class for inspiration. I'd love to be there one day. Oh, I loved what they did. I'm going to try that. X, Y, Z. There's no point comparing. Inspiration, wonderful, beautiful. Try it, doesn't work for you, great. I think that is such a thing in the wellness industry, if you will, especially in TikTok and everything at the moment. You see it, you try it. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay. Just because they're doing it and they've got followers or they've got clear skin or they've got, they look happy, doesn't mean it's the right thing to do and the only thing to do. Like for me, 5 a.m. morning routines, nah. I don't want to wake up at 5am. You can tell me all you want, the most successful people in the world wake up at 5am. I am not the most successful version of myself waking up at 5am. Could I be? Maybe. I'm not saying I'm not capable of doing that, but like the idea doesn't excite me, so I'm not going to do it. I love waking up at like 8am and getting on with my day. It feels like a gorgeous time. Some days I'm like, oh, I wish I could wake up earlier so I had more time to chill. And then if I want to try that one year, I'll try it. But until then... What I'm doing works for me. And there's nobody that can tell me that I'm doing it wrong because there's no fucking right and there's no fucking wrong. We're just all trying to get better, whatever that looks like for us. So at the core of absolutely everything, do not judge yourself, trial and error. And if something doesn't work, it's not you. It's not because it's the right thing to do and you're doing it wrong and you're not good enough. It just didn't work for you because believe it or not, everybody's different. I love you guys a lot. Oh, so my journal prompt for next week. I want to know, so the episode is going to be about inspiration, motivation and creativity. I want to know where you find one of those on a daily basis. Where do you find inspiration will go with in your everyday life? I think that's really hard. I couldn't tell you where I find inspiration. I'm not supposed to answer them. But yeah, I'm not sure. I want to know where you find inspiration, motivation or creativity in your everyday life. I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. It's ended up being a really, really long one. I really didn't think it would be. I love you so much and I will see you, yes, next week with that episode that I'm excited to dive into. Bye guys.